Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Nikki. And Rich and Rich. It's almost Halloween. Is that tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, amateur night, as I like to call it. D- depends where you <laughs> are in New Why? Hampshire, because they trick-or-treat at weird times around here. Yeah. yeah well, I thought true. amateur night was the night after... Um, St. Thanksgiving. Mm, that's because all the college kids come home and they all get trashed. There and... are several amateur nights throughout the year. Uh, St. Patty's is one of them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving is also a you know amateur night. Black Friday amateur night, and then of course uh, Halloween amateur night. Now, what do I mean by amateur night? Please, I mean I don't know. Uh, so, growing up in Wisconsin, drinking is part of the culture. Yeah, and so there are people who drink a lot and frequently. They build up a tolerance. And these are known as professional drinkers, ah. so to speak. I, not in the sense that they get paid, but just that they're experienced and they know how to know what their tolerance is, know what their limits are. You know, they don't, you know, they wait long enough. They start drinking water before they drive home a couple hours, you know, kind of thing. Uh, whereas amateur night is people who don't drink on a regular basis, who don't know their limits and don't have any sense of when they've had too much. Uh, and they only go out a couple of times a year, and they get way too drunk, okay. way too fast, and they're the dangerous ones, in my opinion. Fair. Uh, so that's what I call amateur. Also, the young, you know, people who don't, you know, regularly go out on these holidays, and then you mix them in with the older people, and then yeah. it becomes amateur night, is what I'm saying. So what you're saying is start them young, so they can build that tolerance by the time they get to that age. I mean, that's a personal decision for uh, each individual. And <laughs> this uh, is not medical advice, yeah, but start drinking young and their family to make. So okay, you know, but but yeah, you get uh, more reckless drunks on some of these drinking holidays. Yep. than you do on any other say weekend night. Okay. Is Halloween so, a drinking holiday? It is. I, I would say so. Lots There's of a lot of Halloween parties. parties a lot yeah. of people right. dressing up and hitting the punch too hard, and it's a kids' holiday. Know. No, it's for no. trick or treating, so man. It's supposed so to be. So kids trick or treat, yeah. and adults drink. At, yeah, okay, at costume Apparently. parties. Apparently, right. yeah, they dress yeah. up in costumes. Right. Now, I mean, combine the the amateur night syndrome with costumes. Yeah. Right? Oh, it makes it great. <laughs> I have seen people who like you know dressed up in full regalia, but then pu- per- puking on themselves. Amateur right? night at you the know? furry palace. Uh, someone was dressed <laughs> oh, up God. as uh, as Bender. They built a, a cardboard Ooh, and tinfoil awesome. Bender costume, and so like they got Futurama? the whole thing on. Yeah, from Futurama, and uh, they got the whole thing on, and they've obviously had too much, and you just see the box. Kind Kind of wiggling back and forth, and we're like, "What's going on with Dave?" Man? And like, and then he takes the thing off, and he's just covered in puke, and oh, like it starts no. running down from the inside of the helmet onto his, you know, cardboard box, no. and you know, yeah, it was disgusting. So now I need to share a really cool costume I saw earlier. Right. Some guy constructed this like forklift lift costume yeah. out of cardboard, and they were playing flip cup. And he used nice. the forklift thing for the flip cup, and he made it. it what the fork? He, yeah, it was great. Biden's marijuana lie. Lie. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that would I be a like good costume. A Biden. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good amateur uh, night costume. Oh, yeah. Rolling around on the floor. Am I supposed to go this way? Maybe, maybe, in, maybe in the old folks' home or something. Uh, so many of you know that uh, President Biden did a press conference thing where he said, hey, I'm going to like pardon a bunch of marijuana things. Hip, hip, hooray. And everybody jumped for joy. And then it did nothing. And then nothing happened. Exactly. Nothing happened. The headline from Reason.com 
Biden's marijuana pardon did not free a single federal prisoner or deliver the expungement he promised. Why not? It's a good question, right? Because you would think, you know, here comes. It's the question. He did a thing. President. What did the thing he do? What did the thing he did do? A protest on the White House calls attention to the thousands of federal cannabis offenders who remain incarcerated. And uh, for those of you you know that are visually uh, unable to see this picture there's i don't know what what was that bung i heard a ding it was me oh. i'm guilty i'm sorry all right thank you it has been silenced <laughs> thank you for uh you know claiming the ding uh this photo is uh, i don't know a dozen people or so uh, all holding a giant marijuana cigarette as they parade down a street and the Printing on the side of the marijuana cigarette says, quit Biden our time. Nice. That's pretty good. It's uh, just a prop marijuana cigarette, right? Like, they didn't have that much weed. I would... They might. I would assume yeah. it's a prop. Okay. All right. There is some sort of smoke coming out of the end of it, though. So. Mighty it joint. It looks like it, yeah. yeah. Maybe they had, like, a fog machine, you know, like that That'd be cool. stage for musicians or whatever. Uh, Edwin Rubis has served more than two decades of a 40-year federal prison sentence for participating in a marijuana distribution operation. Taking into account good time credit, he is not scheduled to be released until August 2032. Is it a lie, though? Well, Uh, there's quite literally no one to pardon. Okay. That's different, though. No, it feels like a lie. Anybody who fits this criteria is pardoned. And there it's was de- no one like, to fit that yeah. criteria. It's deceiving. That's not though. his fault. It's de- yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if there was someone who fit the criteria, they would have been pardoned. And also, in his defense, like he didn't really do any of this, right? You know, he's not. I. I. It's hard for me to believe he's even a real person. It's the deep state. Yeah. Although the pardons could benefit as many as ten thousand or so individuals, that represents a tiny percentage of all simple possession cases. Cases which typically are charged under state law. Okay. Yep, that's the that's the kicker. And Biden's actions will not release a single federal prisoner. So basically he came out and said uh, if you're in federal prison for, you know, possession of marijuana, we'll let you out. And there was exactly zero of those people. Okay. Then he can come out and say, "Look, they've already been released. There's none left." I'm for- so progressive. Like <laughs> They were already released by the time. So I mean, like, is Kamala that senility? Sneering in right? Is that senility? Right? <laughs> no, he had. He's got a team of people who put this all together. It was just a PR speech, yeah, okay. for to you know raise like people who like maybe want to vote for him in the upcoming election. That's all yeah. it was. There, there are some theories that the Democrats peaked a little early for the midterms. They're losing some momentum as we get to mm. voting day. Yeah, according to a 2021 report from Recidivis. More than 3,000 individuals are currently serving marijuana-related sentences in federal prison. The report estimated that ending federal marijuana prohibition, a step that Biden has steadfastly resisted, would reduce the federal prison population by more than 2,800 people over five years. So if a state 
legalizes cannabis and cannabis sale, yeah. you would think all of those people would immediately be no, released. They don't. That, that does not happen. It just doesn't make sense it to me. It does not happen. It so, did not happen you know, in Washington State when I lived there. What happened is they legalized marijuana. They opened a bunch of recreational marijuana store, or stores and all that kind of thing. And then they were like, oh, yeah, and we're going to tax everybody at all three levels, right? Distribution, growing, yeah. and retail. And then the politicians are like, no, we're actually going to have to raise that tax because we misbudgeted, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like 70% or something I ran, ridiculous. I ran the numbers just of the marijuana prisoners in Washington State alone at $31,000 a year to keep them there. And I said, the next time that your politicians need money, once you release all the prisoners in Washington State for these marijuana charges and take your money from there, you bastards. Sorry. So, so little, I'm, little I'm, not, ag- I'm not against subject. I'm not against releasing them. Yeah. However, it would if, if you're saying like they should be released because it's no longer illegal. Yeah. The inverse would also have to be true then. Like, you would have to convict people for new laws well, that not, become illegal. Not necessarily. Past... Well, because, oh well, you know, they need to be caught and yeah. prosecuted. Yeah. So, I mean, once, I don't understand once what you're saying. the court case is done, it's I'm done. saying if you're prosecuted for something illegal, yeah. like, you're, you've already, you, you, this was not allowed and you did it. Yeah. And this is your punishment. Right, if you're going like, well, it's allowed now, yeah. so you're no longer punished, the inverse is true. So something that is now legal that you then do, and there's a record of it or whatever, that then becomes prohibited. Give me a but real also, example. I mean, when you think about it this way, like sometimes somebody it's, will get proven innocent for something they actually did that was illegal. You know what I mean? Okay. So like you- I've seen, for an example, like I've seen people get like they were obviously drunk driving but then they got proven innocent because the judge whatever had mercy or whatever you know i've seen real cases where the judge was like i know you were doing it but whatever i'm gonna find you innocent so texting while driving okay texting while driving at one point was fine and then they criminalized it but if they had like some you know old video of you on some surveillance camera from a few weeks prior to the prohibition going into effect, and they got you on camera texting and driving, well, now it's illegal. You want it retroactively instituted? I mean, maybe. I'm All I'm saying is to be consistent, right? It would have yeah, to go the, both the, ways. I don't think that necessarily okay. would we be consistent, this, right? though. It would be consistent. Also, too, like, so. oh, I'm talking about like victimless crimes here, right? You sure. Know, or nonviolent crimes, right? Which texting m- while driving. Most people in jail for marijuana, there's no violence involved. Let's try uh, Dan in Ohio. I, I decided to talk about the economy and Joe Biden, if you guys don't mind. <clears throat> Go ahead. You know, Joe Biden has caused this economy to, like, crash. Why didn't what Trump did? Trump had this economy on a stable market and had the... <clears throat> did he, though? And had my... Uh, he did, though. He There's still a little bit of an echo. The reason that I made I made about thousand dollars almost every single day in Bitcoin. You know, I've I've been feeling good. Hey Dan, do you have a radio like on it. in the background? Oh yeah, I'm just listening to you guys. Can you like turn that down a little bit? The yeah. radio, also, what does Donald Trump have to do with Bitcoin? The economy was booming yeah. under Trump, and Bitcoin the was booming. Was booming, I just, booming. I, I don't feel like the economy was booming. I don't think it was either. Gas it prices were low. Okay. 
but like the value of the dollar still was steadily dropping as steadily as it ever has since uh, before I was born. Though, that's where that's where I that's where I keep my little. Say that I made again. So much money in the stock. I made so much money in the stock market though when Trump was president. Did you? You know. Yeah, I put a lot of my four one okay. Feel good. I could go on a vacation, and I'm almost a senior. My four one okay is is depleted as well. Uh, well, also about Joe Biden. Almost a what senior in what? About? High school. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dan yeah, called school. yesterday. Oh, okay. twice, both during Free Talk Live and Beard Talk Live. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was unaware. And he, he does, does have a great show. He does sound like he's really stoned. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, in a well, legal state, uh, otherwise you got to get yourself on that Joe Biden pardon list. Yeah. Right. Well, Missouri is debating about having marijuana legal. Well, good. I, in fact, it should be it, – it, states should not have to legalize marijuana. All that should have to happen is they just make marijuana no longer illegal. Jerome, are you with us? Yes. All right, good. Curious, that just, that's just a fancy made-up name for Republicans in the closet, to hide in the closet. That's all that is. <laughs> what what makes just, you say that? Republicans in drag. What makes yeah. you say that? Because they talk like Republicans. That's why, especially when it comes to this, this election <laughs> stuff, you know, Dinesh D'Souza says it was, the election was rigged. And then when you put them on TV, they'll say, okay, here's your forum. Speak your, tell us where you got, show us your proof. Well, this is what, uh, uh I, I've never heard a Republican advocate for ending, uh, the state. Hey, did you see William Barr? Did you see his interview? When uh, no, because uh, I don't pay attention to, uh, Fox News or he CNN. BS. He said Trump's election talk was bs well there's a whole lot of bs out there because i just watched some from from uh, people from arizona they tried to get them to lie so that uh they could take votes away from from yeah, Biden. yeah. so so lie. jerome jerome hang on for just a second there's there's something yeah, called a in. there's something called a uh uppercase l libertarian and that is, uh, you know, a politician who is running for, you know, with the party, the Libertarian Party, the political party. Uh, and then there's lowercase l libertarians who are the philosophers, who are, you know, the ones who want to be uh, left alone. Or around here, that's run right. as Republicans. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, because there's, there's a Libertarian that's, caucus within the Republican Party here. That yeah. is true, but that's only because it's easier to get on the ballot. I haven't heard anything about that on the Democrat side. It's easier to get on the ballot if you run as a Republican. Oh, okay. Because you have to. Because you, know, you have way, more in way, common philosophically with those no, people. No, no. The, the way it's uh, stacked up against the Libertarian Party to get enough people, enough votes, enough signatures to get on the ballot should be easy so, enough to put a D next to your name. Then who's the governor of New Hampshire? Because I saw um, I was watching um, Meet the Press today, and I saw a guy named Sununu on there. That's the guy. Yeah, we call him his, Fl- Flununu or His Excellency, what? if you will. What a simp that clown is. What oh, yeah. A, yep. What we, a sellout. We agree. What a two-faced. He's there. Chuck Todd was asking, why are you supporting? I mean, you are knocking people that are election deniers, and yet you're throwing your support behind a guy that's an election denier. Explain yourself. Yeah, Jerome, and it's even worse like than you think. Jerome, it's even worse than you think. He actually refers to himself as His Excellency. Oh, I thought that was a joke. No, it no. is not a joke. No, no, that was on the official That documents. is true. It says, from the office of His Excellency, Governor, Governor Sununu. Sununu. Yeah. 
What? Yeah. yeah. Hey, does he does he know what the word nepotism means? Huh? Because I know that's how he got. Well, it's not like we know him personally or anything. Like we hate him probably more than you do. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't his daddy like um, some big politician up there? I haven't been here yeah, long enough. No, I, I, no clue. Actually, I think you're I right. I think his dad was yeah. also held the same office that he does, and I think okay. like yeah. his cousin or something also, or yeah. his brother you or something also corrupt. holds an office. Yeah. Hey, it, you talk about Absolutely. Corrupt. Yeah, they every state is corrupt. Biden. You talk about nepotism. Huh. Well, Did we mention anything about nepotism with Joe Biden? No, but Jerome is trying to you know put words in our mouth, of course. Oh, straw man. Okay. Yes. What a two what a two-faced that guy is. Joe Biden? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, also, I'm he's senile. Sununu. Governor, Governor Sununu. Governor Nepotism. Well, is Joe Biden also not, not two-faced? God, look, no, I no. Know you don't like, Let Jerome continue, because like he's tearing down the governor, and we don't care. You don't have to tell Yeah, I know you don't like Biden, man. I know you don't no, like no, Biden. I said the governor. That's okay. Oh, I, oh, I don't, I don't like, like Sununu either. Hey, if you don't like the governor, why don't you move, Dan? Well, well, where I, are we going to move? Yeah, I, I moved here so that I could actually uh, participate in helping to eliminate uh, something known as the state. When you're going to run him out of office, you're not, you're not too successful with that, are you? Nope. Not yet. Not yet. It's a, tr- yeah, well, it's a tricky situation, even for the libertarians. Yes. Because if, yeah. you, if you vote Sununu out, you'll get yeah. marijuana legalization right. and an He's income tax. Going anywhere. And so not, it's hey, hey Jerome. This is supposed to be a conversation, Jerome. So if you can't stop talking over us, then I'm just going to let you go. Go ahead. I'm not, well, I'm not saying I support him, but that's that's usually what eventually comes up, right? Like right. marijuana legalization passes, he vetoes it. John in Iowa. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about a few things. Uh, first uh, is the economy. All right. So. Uh, obviously, the U.S. economy is not in a great place right now. Uh, I do have a few questions, for just for you guys, just to get your opinion on I guess. Uh, firstly, who do you, yeah, if you, I, I understood, uh, I'm not sure what your name is, man, but you said you don't vote. Uh, is that, that that's, you actually don't vote? You've never voted? I've voted before, yeah. I have never voted. When's, yeah, I, however, have never voted, voted either. Really? Never, ever? When, never, ever. Uh-huh. Never, ever, When's ever. the last time you voted? Uh, the last time I voted was probably in the last election, actually. Lame. The last presidential election. In what? In who'd you vote for? If you don't mind. Uh, I believe I voted for Joe Jorgensen. I see. Okay, that's interesting. But next question on the survey. He's typing something. Yeah. He's typing in your answers. He's <laughs> uh, creating a profile on Nikki. Yikes. Preface is just this next question by letting you know I am a Republican. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Happily vote. Wait, so does that when, mean there's something, such a thing as just a publican? What, what, pardon me? So the word Republican insinuates that there's something that's known as a publican. I'm an unpublican. Nice. Well done. <laughs> I'm just playing word games with you. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I, I can tell. Yeah, but here's a question on the economy here. Um, how do you what what is I mean what do you believe the best best um, actions we could take to strengthen the value of the U.S. dollar is uh, burn it want, down, move on to something better. Okay, yeah. stop yeah. putting your money that's, in Federal Reserve notes. That's that's Richie's answer, Nikki. 
I like that answer. I might go with that one. Just yeah, just give that? up. It's it's broken. Okay. Broken yeah. system. Can't be saved. Yeah, I, I Just agree. like the government. Uh, the, the mathematics, uh, if you talk to economists uh, and they do the math on it, uh, it's not a question of if there's going to be a financial implosion, but when. And uh, the Federal Reserve and the central banking cartel that exists around the globe uh, are all collectively participating in devaluing of the currencies, creating inflation uh, as to further enslave mankind. So... Slow down. He's trying to type this. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a stenographer. Oh, okay. All right. And, yeah, and, I'm a uh, reg- <laughs> yeah, registered court stenographer. No, second question. Um, aside from burning it down, do you believe that there's a, what, the best way to handle it? What's the best way to handle the Ooh. massive debt the U.S. has? Oh, I don't care about that. I was going to say <laughs> that as far as currency goes, I like the idea of using, you know, gold and silver, gold backs, yes. silver coins yes. as a real currency. Let's go to Trevor calling from Arizona. Trevor, you're on Free Talk Live. Before I get into it, I just, I've been listening to the show for like four years now. Wow, um, thanks. It, it, like, literally, it like never ends. So keep up the keep up the good work. True. Y'all. Seven and, uh, nights a week. Yeah, seven nights a week. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's we got beard talk live going on on Saturdays. That's a whole new thing. That's a whole new thing. Episode eleven was last night. So yeah. you got like three extra bonus hours of content each week. I'm glad that's still yeah, happening. Like I'm glad that's carrying on. That's great. Well, when you spend money yeah, no, on the logo, been, you know that's serious. All right, go ahead, Trevor. I've been an avid listener, so uh, keep up the good work with that. But, you know, getting right into what I was going to talk about, um, I kind of wanted to talk tonight about this, like, little recent incident that happened with uh, not my vice president, Kamala Harris. Um, Now, I I don't really know if the media missed it or if if it wasn't just caught on Twitter or what happened, but. I saw basically virtually nothing about this. Okay. Um, but Kamala uh, recently came out in favor of spending taxpayer dollars um, through a budgetary expansion with uh, HHS and HUD on expanding services for the homeless. And let me tell you, I am mad. Um, I, I live in I live in Phoenix, right? And you sound Phoenix, furious. Yeah, we, we have a we have a really bad uh, homelessness crisis out here, sure. and due to the lack thereof of politi- or an action, I should say, um, of politicians, the homelessness crisis has gotten absolutely insane. And so, as a you know, social conservative and a physical conservative as well, I'm excuse my language, but I'm a little pissed off. You know, absolutely. Okay, um, hold I mean, on, I, I hold on for one second, then, because as a physical conservative. Is it really the government's role and responsibility to solve this crisis? You said, like, due to government inaction. And I would say, well, I I don't want the government to act, and I don't want the government to spend taxpayer money to act. So, I mean, I think it's the government's job to protect our communities. And right now when we have the horrific fentanyl crisis going on around here, and we have people sleeping in the street and camping out on the sidewalks and and raping children, I mean, I feel like this is a, a pretty bad crisis. And if the government's not going to do it, then um, we should get at least some action from our state legislature, minimally, okay, minimally so from you, our state legislature. You sound like you're very passionate about this subject. What are you doing to help solve the crisis? Um, in the last legislative session, I actually worked really closely with Speaker Bowers, who's our uh, Arizona State House Speaker, and the Republican Conference as well as the Democratic conference, to try to push for legislative action on it. It's not the government's job 
to house people. It's people's job to house themselves. But it's the government's job to protect law-abiding, tax-paying citizens from the delinquents and degenerates who are homeless, but, but that's running not rampant, true because, raping children uh, in the streets. If, if, it, if it is their job, they're doing a very poor job of it. That's why he's complaining. So thank how do you hold... Thank you for standing up for me. It's about time someone understood where I was coming from. Oh, I understand. So, I don't agree, but I still understand. I'm capable of, like, understanding things and disagreeing with them at the same time. You know what I think the problem is with how most people in the government is going about solving the homelessness issue is they're not really treating the root cause of why there is a homelessness issue. So, like, Trevor kind of touched upon it with, like, the fentanyl crisis and, you know, drugs... Or play a big role, I think, in why a lot of people become homeless. Yep. But it's also, you know, inflation, yep. you know, housing crisis. People yep. can't afford rent because not everyone who's homeless is a drug addict or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people just can't af- get a job or get one agree. that pays enough to get adequate housing. I had a friend who was homeless. He had more money and better credit than the rest of us. Yeah. There's already way more than enough houses in the United States than there are people. So there's enough room for all of the homeless to be housed. So what, Trevor, do you think is the root cause of homelessness? I think, honestly, it's the, it's the allowance that we've had in the society to just let, just let people, you know, we're... we're we're allowing these people to get addicted to these horrific drugs, right? And we're allowing these people to be mm-hmm. these these drug dealers and these criminals. And, I mean, as it was said before, I mean, yeah, like as cheesy as it sounds, the linguists of the society. And so, you know, I think what we need to be focusing on is getting them off the streets and getting them either treatment or getting them in jail. You don't want to get off the street? Get the hell out of here. That's simply put the best way we can go about it because we know that throwing money at the problem doesn't solve anything you want emergency homelessness shelters go back to go go back to your socialist society because it ain't gonna work here well either way we somebody you know taxpayers probably would either have to you know pay to house them in prisons or to pay for their treatment we have fred calling from michigan fred you're on free talk live fred oh yes this is fred ferkel from flint Oh, of the Grand Trunk Railroad. You sound just like uh, this other ca- guy who calls all the time. Sometimes he gets really drunk and he calls, too. His name is Major Payne. Do you know him? Oh, goodness. We, 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 we must watch out for that blighter. <laughs> What's on your mind, Fred? Well, like I said, the, the Grand Funk took the name from the Grand Trunk. I just thought that was kind of some interesting rock and roll trivia for you all. Like the Grand Funk Railroad? Dinosaur, dinosaur Land. Yeah, for those of us old enough to remember rock and roll. Rock and roll. I'm offended. You remember I, I remember I gave you that name uh, one rock and roll band, <laughs> Ricardo, last night, and we got sidetracked talking about Ricky and Lucy. No, but go on. Well, you remember the the, the show Lucille Ball, Ricky Ricardo. Right? Honey, yeah. I'm home. Yeah, I love Lucy. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. At one time, the mob had a hit out on Ricky. Seems they got wind that he liked to smack Lucy around with his hot Cuban blood self. Yeah. And they took offense to that. And after Ricky was uh, apprised of the situation, he stopped smacking Lucy around, and evidently they canceled the contract. But I thought that was kind of cool for old black-and-white trivia. Wow, so the mob 
is more effective at stopping domestic abuse than government. How about that? Weird. We should turn the mob on the police force with their 40% abuse rate. <laughs> the, good news is, the good news is that uh, 40% of uh, the police force abuses their spouse. Yeah, Bad news? Yeah, I, I, know, I know one in town here that was just like that, and uh, none, none of his cohorts even had respect for him. Sometimes they wouldn't be, you know, come in when he called for backup and whatnot. He got his ass handed to him in the hat a couple times. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I I don't like the term domestic violence either. You're you're either being beaten or you're not. You know, like also domestic terrorism or domestic terrorism, domestic violence insinuates feral violence. I was about to say it doesn't sound very domesticated. Yeah, I mean, no. there is feral violence. You can go out and get oh, knocked mean, out by a stranger, right? Especially if you're in Domest- New York. Domestic violence is like from uh, oh, what was that old old movie where Rosie Greer, or not Rosie Greer, that big linebacker knocked out the horse. Blazing Saddles. Oh. <laughs> Beating the stock. Movie. That's domestic violence. Yeah. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. So it was a, um, a man that worked for the uh, governor's campaign, and then he claimed that she grabbed his ding-dong or uh, sexual harassment. Ooh. So he actually got paid $150,000. Wow! Like he got, yeah. So, but so now the wish I could helicopter like that. Well, the news story is that now he ran off to Pennsylvania. He got run out of Mexico, and then now there's uh, his life. Wait, who did the the guy the guy who was harassed or the governor? No, the the guy that got the payment. I don't know. He moved to Pennsylvania, no, uh, Philadelphia. I think he. he What makes you think he was run out? Well, I just figured that, you know, most people, she got voted in, and they they probably, this is what I'm speculating, why did he move? I, I have no idea, but he got the money, he moved, Because New Mexico now, sucks. And also, 150 grand is a big chunk of change. I mean, if you want to change the scenery, you got 150 grand in your pocket, might as All well All of a sudden, it. you have money to move. Yeah. Well, but um, he was on the news, his life is being threatened right now. By Somebody who? is... Also a good this reason to not be in town. Called, well, this person called Angel. This, and then he was stuttering so bad, the police could not understand what he was saying. He was so terrified. So the the New Mexico police told him to call the Philadelphia police because he's over there now. That doesn't work. So, <laughs> Hello, well, police. I need some help. Great. Call another police department. I mean, not to drag up yeah, old stuff, but like former co-host or current co-host and rarely on co-host went through some similar difficulties with a caller back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Police did right? nothing. Well, police did nothing. Federal police what? did nothing. Cross state lines and the feds did nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, he lives in Philadelphia, so he's only right that he needs to call the wherever he's living, paying taxes or whatever. You would think. But, that don't work. You know. You know, I stick up for my governor. You know what I mean? I voted for her again. Sorry to hear that. And the thing is that I think I think this guy is a scammer. 
Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. Mr. Henza calling us from Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm just calling about the homeless issue in uh, Arizona. Uh, I'm in Tucson right now. That guy's out in Phoenix. And I kind of, like, took issue with this guy saying we can't allow these people to be homeless. Yeah, that word allow allow is really bothersome to me as well. Yeah, it, it just, like, just put me off to the point where I just had to call in and be like, well, the Democrats can't allow you to eat cows because they fart and heat up the the climate so like <laughs> it's kind of like a catch-22 that I mean, yeah. you start saying is you can't allow people to do things it's like they're going to cut you off at every corner and say you're not allowed as long as there's 51 percent saying that you can't do it i mean and, isn't that what the government does well and it's kind Always. of like well, oh we can't allow these people to be homeless as if you know most of, i'm assuming most of them would rather not be homeless and they'd rather have a place to live so i mean Maybe. Maybe there's a small minority that are like, yeah, I love being homeless. Like, the streets are awesome. You know what I mean? But, you, oh, we can't allow you to not have food and shelter. That just doesn't make sense to me. The homeless problem is built on so many compounding government issues. Yes. That it's hard to parse them all out into a rational conversation without going into the weeds on every little political problem with that entire issue. I would absolutely have to agree because... There isn't a lot of homeless in Mexico where I live normally, so it's kind of crazy to have the ideas of coercion kind of put out there saying, okay, we're going to use coercion to solve homelessness and drug issues and stuff like that, which, you know, always baffles me. That's their best idea that they got out there. There's, There's a great mob of people, a lot of brilliant people in this whole thing, and their best idea is let's force them not to do it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You're spot on. I I, mean, like... uh, at its core, the government created the homeless problem because there are no unclaimed pieces of land where a person could go and like homestead and you know uh, maybe even yeah. form a community uh, of their own. You know because this land is unclaimed, and so they could go and claim it for themselves. Well, and with zoning laws and taxes, I mean, in other countries, you know, when people need shelter, it's like, all right, let's go build them an earthship or some sort of temporary shelter or something. You can't do that here because of all of the laws and rules and regulation that prevent that. What you're saying there, Jason, about, uh, you know, putting up a, uh, you know, a, an umbrella, a tent kind of a thing and just opening a business. That's how I understand it to work in, in Mexico. Whereas if uh, I decided to do the same thing here in the United States, uh, I might get away with it for a minute. But as soon as the authorities found out, they're going to shut me down because I didn't uh, buy a license and I didn't, you know, uh, right. you know, fill out a bunch of forms and pay fees to the government and all that kind of thing. 
Yeah, sadly, in most places in the United States, you can't just sit on the roadside and sell tamales out of the back of your car. It's yeah. it's pretty sad that these people just can't earn money the way that they're everyone's the, well, kind of. They're the best to tamales too. Here's here's the thing though. You have to caveat that a little bit because in a libertarian, free market, private property world, they wouldn't be able to do that either because that sidewalk would be privately owned by someone and they would have to get the permission of the property owner to do those activities. Right, but they wouldn't have to get permission where there was no property owner. Right. There would be pieces of property that are not owned right. by anyone. But presumably, if you're setting up on the sidewalk, there's a building fronting that. Yeah. Right? I'm sure you could ask the person. Like, there are, like, you absolutely ways around could. this. Yeah, yeah but getting what, permission from the property. But that's what voluntarism is, is interacting with each other on a voluntary basis. Got it. Right? So it makes sense to go, like, ask for permission or, you know... Uh, if you're, you know, not going, to, if they're maybe you negotiate a deal, hey, I'll give you a percentage of my profits. It if you does make sense. Here, it makes, makes sense, sense to go ask for permission. Yes. However, absent a absent a private property owner, we are also advocating for them the ability to do this without permission because the government, quote unquote, owns that property. Right? The government has claimed, you know, uh, claimed ownership over it, and therefore permission not to be asked because it's public and owned by everybody. Wow. Well. That's what the government claims. That's what they claim, but they've got the guns, and unless you, you you can fight them, you can you can accept their claim of ownership, or you can fight them over it. Have you guys ever discussed geo libertarianism? I have not. I have not. At least on uh, the air, anyway. So go ahead. It's the idea of uh, land being yours as long as you're cultivating it, but if you have like say a hundred acres and you're only using twenty five of it, and someone comes out and you know starts cultivating part of the plot that you you have decided to section off for yourself but you're unable to defend it does that make that your land still and do we need the kind of constructs that like allow us to own you know twenty two thousand acres or something like that like where we own like half a state so uh, it is kind of a question of homelessness being kind of solved by being more land because you don't have this conglomerate that keeps buying up all the housing and forcing everyone to pay rent and stuff like that. There's just a bunch of abandoned houses. These homeless people can just kind of migrate to and take care of themselves. Yeah. Occupy ghost town is what I've started, you know, like referring to that for a while now. Nice. Um, I I, I take, I personally take issue with the land cultivation thing. Like I hate it as a concept because it means that you always have to do something with the land. And that reduces um, any any methodology or idea of historical preservation, right? Like, right. Well, all all you have to do is defend the land. You don't necessarily have to do something with cultivating it, right? If 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 you're saying defend, fine. Yeah. Because at a, at a deeply philosophical level, yeah. At a deeply philosophical level, the concept of rights are one of two things, right? That which everybody agrees upon. Or that which you can defend. And defense is the part of that that nobody really wants to talk about. You can have as much land as you want, but you have to defend it. Right. You know, like I said, the government the government claims ownership of all the public land, right? And and one of two things. We either agree that it's theirs or we are powerless to take it back. Because if we wanted it back, there's a way to get it back. And they have to defend against that. Yeah. Uh, it's sadly, we enslave ourselves by using their money and following the rules. So therefore, yeah. the government literally owns all the land. It does. And I, I was going to take that one further. Government doesn't just claim to own the public land. The government actually claims to own all of the land. Yeah. 
because otherwise you wouldn't pay taxes once you're you know you've paid off your mortgage. What if there was enough people who decided that they wanted to live a migrant lifestyle? They're not free to do so because government claims to own all of planet Earth. Sure. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks the way that, that people are limited. But again, they would still not be free to do so on the opposite end of that coin, right? If it, everything was privately owned, they would have to get permission at every stage of the way. There would ostensibly be land that is not owned. Possibly. Theoretically, yes. Unclaimed, yeah, uninhabited. They couldn't possibly defend it all. Right. Well, but if, if, if small numbers of people own small plots of land, right, you could, you could still defend your small plot. And a migrant right. society would have to get your permission to cross through, pass through, or whatever, all along the way. Or, as you said, uh, there would be unowned parts of the land. Right now, right now, theoretically, if the government isn't defending it, right, they can probably pass through unmolested. Right? There's lots of undefended land, if that's how you want to call it. Yeah. And feel free to migrate and mill about all you want. Like parks and recreation isn't going out that far, man. You are free to roam. Well, on, on the complete opposite end of this discussion would be free market cities. Right? It's my opinion that cities would still exist. Sure. Not necessarily the same cities that we have or in the same fashion that they exist now, but cities where, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people would congregate and build things like skyscrapers and, you know, yeah. shopping centers and, you know, all of that kind of thing, manufacturing centers, all that kind of stuff. And a migrant society would still need to get someone there's permission to pass through. Uh, okay. But oh. I'm, I'm just saying on the other end of that, uh, a free market, a private property society, cities would still exist as well. But what needs to happen, of course, is there needs to be a balance between all of the types of human culture. They need to all be able to exist, whether it's a migrant culture, whether it's a city culture, whether it's you know a bunch of country folk getting together with farmland or whatever. Uh, they all need to be able to exist in freedom. Who's to say that people who choose to be homeless can't be? They shouldn't be allowed to be homeless. Yeah, there you go. The government. And that guy. Yeah. And that guy. Like I said, I, I said this earlier. I have a friend who was homeless, had more money, better credit than the rest of us. Just chose to live that way. Well, and you know what? So I follow this girl on YouTube that lives in her Corolla. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what she drove. And she, yeah, it, it must be a thing. But <laughs> her, her point was, you know, I, she wanted more freedom. Yeah. And she's like, well, my biggest financial expense is my rent. Yeah. So I could just live in my car. <laughs> And she's been doing it for like at least three years. I've been following her, and she's totally happy. There are entire communities of uh, what are referred to as van dwellers. Yeah. Right? So these are people who live in their cars or vans. Maybe they convert them into some sort of a camper or something Yeah, like van that. life. Uh, uh, Jason actually does that. He migrates around, uh, so he doesn't have like a steady, you know, we'll call it a house. You know, so he, you know, roams around the States. He'll go back and forth to Mexico and all that kind of stuff. So he's kind of living that lifestyle. There are a whole bunch of retired folk who travel around in RVs yeah. as well, uh, where they don't have you know a firm piece of property that they call home. Uh, they'll do things like register their RV in Montana, yep. you know, so that they have you know some sort of a, a permanent address, quote unquote, where they can have their driver's license and their license plates registered too, and that kind of thing, so they can travel around without getting harassed by the man. But there are you know even in today's society there exists you know, migrant people who choose to live that way. Yeah. So. 
And, you know, it looks a little bit different because as Richard Rich was saying, like people typically historically were following food sources and now it's like, well, you can just go to make, you know, you can just go to McDonald's or whatever. So it's, it's, it looks a little bit different, but there are a lot of people that snowbird where they live in New England or wherever up north during the summer. And then once it gets too cold for them, they go down to Florida or wherever they live down south. Yep. And some of these uh, migrant workers, the van dwellers in particular, I'm thinking of, uh, they follow the work. Yeah. So yeah. some of them will go like uh, uh, I think Walmart has seasonal work where they'll okay. they'll hire people and provide a parking space if you have an RV. Sometimes they'll even provide uh, like a dump station for yeah. your waste and some water stuff like that. You know supplies and you'll go work for them seasonally, like over the the Christmas time for you know a couple of months. And then it, once you relieve yourself of the cost of either a mortgage or rent, it suddenly costs far less to yeah. live on. Yeah. Right. So you can work for three, four months out of the year and have enough to get by if you are a van dweller or an RV dweller. And I mean, that kind of thing. regular caller Major Payne, right, has shared stories about him following where the work was as recently as the, the pandemic times. We've got Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Yes. I, I was listening to what you all just said. And and uh, I, I studied law in Germany and my professor, Dr. Knut Amelung, he was a professor for Strafrecht, which means criminal law. And he, he and any kind of a problem in society, he always said that the, the, the way you solve a problem really is you think of the Knackpunkt. And the Knackpunkt is the, the key or critical point that's actually causing the problem. Don't get tied up with symptomatology. He said, you'll go around putting Band-Aids on things. And he said, that's not really, that's not going to help. What you've got to do is you've got to, you've got to get to the, to the core the cause of the problem. And Finally, Robert agrees we need to eliminate the government. Uh-huh. Well, um, you know something? I, my grandfather, he was actually the great the grandson of a Roman senator. And his feeling was that government is a necessary evil because mm. he, he, and he was a very, a very kind Italian who was very respected in the Italian community of Brooklyn, New York. And, and still uh, wrong. He, yeah. and, well, the thing is, the thing is you, you you have to operate within within the society has to operate in, in a system that's responsible to the people basically robert are you and, a religious and, man no not really okay well then either way like why is evil necessary evil did i say evil you said government, government is, is a necessary, necessary evil, evil. why yes. is evil that's necessary a, that that's a saying that he had uh, he he was not religious actually either actually Really, but I'm asking you: Why is evil necessary? Well, why, why, why is the government necessary? Yes, because you see, if you didn't have government, you'd have no way of calling out problems uh, that that only really government can get after. I mean, I disagree with that. Fact check found okay, that claim well, to be false. Uh, well, okay, that's true. Yeah, uh, uh, there was a problem. I can give you an example um, of, of of a guy who went who was who was, it turned out to be a bad guy in La Cosa Nostra. And they had to get rid of him because the government, the mafia, doesn't have any prisons. So the only way they can get rid of people is basically by executing them. And he was a problem. He actually had done something very bad for the for, to the community. And 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 uh, the, 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 uh, my stepfather was the examining physician, so he knew exactly what had happened. And uh, the the guy who had the perpetrator was, like I say, this La Cosa Nostra guy. Uh, said to my father, <clears throat> you got a nice wife and you got a nice family. In other words, you won't have a nice wife and a nice family if you say anything bad about me in front of the court. So my, my grandfather said, and the, 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 the um, Neapolitan mafia said to him, 
look, don't worry about it. Just get up in the court, say that he was a nice guy and there's no problem. And he said, we'll take care of it. They said, we'll take care of it. Richie, Rich, you brought up the freeloaders uh, article. Did we cover that? Did you, did we, we didn't. We didn't cover it, but we were talking about the homelessness yeah. problem, right? And and what they do when they decide to homestead land. And it just so happens, I had an article about you know the homelessness, basically homesteading pieces of sidewalk, and setting up like power At least to their washing machines, yeah. flower beds. This reminds me, uh, and I hate to bring it up again, but uh, the movie Demolition Man. Remember how Dennis Leary was sort of like the head of the the people underground, underground, literally underground? They were doing this. They were tapping into the existing city's electric and water and power and, you know, using that as their, you know, way to get by, if you will. Yep. So that they could mount some sort of a resistance or what have you. But. Do they, in this case, you know, the the libertarian question could be asked, do they have a right to that power and the right to the land? Whom did they get permission from to do such things if permission need be granted? Right, because uh, people are under the illusion that public property is shared amongst everybody. Uh And it's not because really the closest to the truth you're going to get, if you just substitute the word government for the word public, you get a much closer truth. It's not. Uh, it's not public f- forest. It's government forest. It's not public works. It's government works. Sure. It's not public roads. It's government roads. But one of, one of the things about having government owned land or public property or however whatever phrasing you want to yeah. use, right, is like equal access to, right, which means they have the same right to be there as anybody else, which means it's hard to kick them out because like well, they theoretically right. Taxes have been paid. They're probably not paying much into it. Right. But that's not a part of the equation. The equation is like, we will all come together and call this, you know, property owned by everyone, owned by the government, whatever, so that everyone may access it equally. And so they have. Yeah. And I want to point out, too, just because we haven't said it, that uh, homelessness, or at least these growing number of people in large cities that seem to be you know dwelling in tents and sidewalks and uh campers and cars and lions and tigers and bears oh my uh is i would say more of an epidemic or a pandemic than you know anything recently called that mass woman accused of using bees to attack sheriff's deputies <laughs> bees phenomenal bees Fantastic. Let me say it in a voice that most people can understand. other F-words. Massachusetts woman accused of using bees to attack sheriff's deputies. Good for her. She gets one point. Rory Susan Woods, age 55, of Hadley, is facing numerous charges in the wake of the incident. (laughs) Nikki's nodding her head like she knows something about this. Do you know this lady? I'm just familiar with Hadley. Okay. Is this typical behavior for Hadley natives? Not really, but oh, okay. I'm I'm happy that it, I don't know. It's All right. just, I I'm a I'm I feel like a proud masshole right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that lady. A Massachusetts woman is facing numerous charges after she allegedly unleashed a hive full of bees onto sheriff's deputies. Some of them allergic to bee stings, as they tried to serve an eviction notice in Longmeadow last week. The Hampton County Sheriff's Office said they were dealing with an eviction on, it's misspelled, on Memory Lane. They were literally (laughs) evicting somebody from Memory Lane. 
but it's misspelled. It's M-E-M-E-R-Y, not O-R-Y. Anyway. Mamrys. In uh, Longmeadow. Not Mamry. Memory. In the Boston accent. Mem- uh, Boston accent. You pack your car around the corner, take a trip down Memory Lane. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. On October 12th, when Rory Susan Woods, age 55 of Hadley, arrived in her SUV, towing a flatbed with multiple manufactured beehives and began trying to open the lids of the beehives to unleash them. So proving intent, it's not going to be difficult for the prosecution. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. She it's was, creative, though. I mean, I'll give her that. She was among- Came all this way with a trailer full of beehives. <laughs> No, no, just letting him out for fresh air, officer. It's like it's like when you travel with your dog. You have to like you know let him out of the car, go yeah. pee, sure. and, you know, Sick give him boy. some water. And... Yeah. After she carried a beehive close to the front door of the home, the sheriff's office said Woods tried to agitate the bees further and was arrested by sheriff's deputies and taken to the Western Massachusetts Regional Women's Correctional Facility. Could Stole they, their honey. Could they? put more words into the Western Massachusetts Regional Women's Correctional Facility. I feel like it's a very short phrase, and it needs like seven or eight more words. What's the acronym? There's no vowels in there. They could have just said jail. The WMR WMR WCF. All right. Oh, I know that place. Yeah. Uh, it's in Hadley somewhere. That's where I go to pick up chicks. That's right. (laughs) Where's that barista story? Print, Print out a handful of pardons. Everett, Everett. Uh, she is now facing four counts of assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon, three counts of assault by means of a dangerous weapon, and one count of disorderly conduct. She was arraigned last week and released without bail. Her lawyer didn't immediately respond to a voicemail left on Wednesday. Smart. The Hampton County Sheriff's Office said its civil process division typically serves hundreds of eviction notices each year. Never in all my years of leading the Hampton County Sheriff's Civil Process Division here have I seen something like this, said Robert Hoffman, Chief Deputy of the Civil Processes Division, in a statement. I'm just thankful no one died because bee allergies are serious. Sure. I hope that these out-of-county protesters will reconsider using such extreme measures in the future because they will be charged and prosecuted. Again, nothing on like why they were conducting, why they were performing the eviction. What's going on there? Yeah, I need more details. I need backstory to figure out whose side I'm on. It's not the cop side, but you know. Let's go to George, who's calling from California. George, you're on Free Talk Live. We were talking about government wasting somebody, getting rid of somebody, and uh, so you know, I I was over in Vietnam for three years, and mm-hmm. I, I I hated it every minute I was there, but I loved being in the army. And then somebody told me, read the Pentagon Papers if you want to know what the government's up to. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's it's been a lot of years since that happened, but I read it. And if the government wants you to go away, you can disappear in minutes, and nobody will ever know what happened to you. That if is, the government that is true. puts the dime on you, you're the guy gone. And these guys were talking about, could they do it? They do it. All the time. Yeah. In fact, I, I had an article uh, for yesterday uh, that uh, talks about Guantanamo Bay and the fact that it's still open and there's like yeah. 36 people that are still there. One guy apparently is going to, they're going to let one one more guy one go. One more guy, because he's the yeah. oldest one there. Right, yeah. 17 years, finally released, no yeah. charges filed. Yeah, but they, they in the in that article, they do talk about how 
they literally like would bag somebody's head in the middle of town, toss him in a van, and then transport him off to Guantanamo Bay without any sort of trial, without any sort of accusations, without any recourse for whoever was kidnapped and taken away, and then held for oh, 20 years or so. Because if they brought him to America, they would be, you know, granted American-style constitutional justice. Right. But no, so they keep Lots him offshore. Of not to let him in the in end of the United States. Right. Yeah. But you're right. Even within the United States, the CIA has, it's been documented that they've done, you know, baggings of people and, you know, they take yeah, people Yeah, but then they out. take them out. Yeah. They take them out of the country right. so that they don't have to prosecute uh-huh. under American laws. Or they take them out you of the and they disappear. Right. You guys haven't been watching the news then. You don't know that the worst organization in the United States now is the FBI. I just want to talk about bikini baristas now. Please. Because we, we teased it, and so I feel like we, we should talk about it. Uh, bikini baristas win lawsuit over unconstitutional dress code. It sounds if, like some chicks just didn't want to go to work. <laughs> a federal court says a city's dress code for scantily clad coffee servers is unconstitutional. The judge ruled that by targeting women's attire, the dress code violates the Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution. But the law does not violate the First Amendment, he ruled. Nor does criminalizing the bearing of female breasts but not male breasts count as an unconstitutional violation. The case comes out of Everett, Washington, Everett, Everett, where drive-up shacks featuring bikini baristas are popular. And yes, they are. They're very popular. In 2017, Everett passed a law prohibiting quick-serve food and drink peddlers from showing off certain body parts, including their stomachs, their backs, below the shoulder blades, and... The top three inches of the legs below the buttocks. Okay. The city didn't even pretend to tie the law to food safety. Instead, citing concerns about potential exploitation of women and adverse impacts upon minors. No, they just hate fun. Yep. They do hate fun. You just hate women. Curmudgeons. A group of bikini baristas working sued, calling it a matter of women's rights. In addition to instituting a dress code for baristas, the law expanded the city's definition of lewd conduct to include any exposure of more than half of the part of the female breast located below the top of the areola. How do you? So they're going to measure that? <laughs> yeah. So they've got know? like, yeah, they've got like boob measuring police out there with their, you know, taking I'm, photos and I'm sure you've measures. seen the, the old timey pictures of the of the beach police, right? Measuring the, the women's. No, uh, I actually yes. oh, have it. Okay, you got to find one of those. Mm-hmm. The, the cops would go around with rulers to measure how long the bathing suit was. Yeah, and, and if it wasn't long enough. Reminds me of like middle school. It's like put your put your hands down to your side. Your shorts are too short. Yep. My arms are just long. So wingspan doesn't count. Yeah. So they want to you know basically measure you know the exposure of a woman's breast, and they created a new crime called facilitating lewd conduct to target the owners of bikini barista establishments. In 2017, a U.S. district judge said the city could not enforce the law as the case was playing out. Nice. The city appealed, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit Court reversed course, holding in 2019 that the lower court had been wrong. The Ninth Circuit rejected the argument that the law violates the barista's First Amendment right to free expression and lifted the injunction, meaning the ban is back on while the lawsuit proceeds in court, noted uh, some guy at reason. Now a judge has finally ruled on the merits of the case. In an October 19th opinion, U.S. District Court Judge Ricardo Martinez held that Everett's dress code is unconstitutional because it violates the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution. Echoing, dual, repetitive, redundancy.
You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.